The title of the message may not look like it makes much sense, Leaders Who Follow. Leaders are supposed to be out front, right? They're not supposed to be in back. They're not supposed to be the followers. And yet when we open the pages of Scripture, we discover that there's a different kind of leadership, kind of leadership that I would like us to consider this morning. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth these words, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow me, he said, but I too am a follower. Imitate my lifestyle. Look at my lifestyle. Imitate that lifestyle, but only so far as I am following and imitating the lifestyle of Jesus himself. Each year, we prayerfully and carefully consider whom God may call, be calling into positions of leadership and grace fellowship. And not everyone is called to serve in the same way. Many of you sitting out here, you lead Bible studies, you lead small groups, you lead Sunday morning, you lead uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Monday night, you lead at various times. That is a noble calling to rightly divide God's word of truth for people. Some of you, you work behind the scenes, you're doing the hospitality You're making sure that the food is out, that the coffee is hot, and that everything is ready when the people show up. You're moving tables around. You're setting things up or tearing things down. That is a noble and high calling. Many of you volunteer for child care. You're not in here every Sunday because you are are back with the babies or with the three- and four-year-olds or you're helping in powerhouse. That's a noble calling. There are also those that we call to serve as deacons, servants, ministers in the life of the church, and those we call to serve as elders, overseers, those who are set the the leadership and the pace for our church. The criteria for which those two are chosen is laid out plainly for us in Scripture. And I'd like us to consider, at least in part, what the Scripture says about them. For the elder, the Bible says this in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, that's an elder. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble work. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, an able teacher, not addicted to wine, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy, one who manages his own household competently, having his children under control with all dignity. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new convert, or he might become conceited and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Furthermore, He must have a good reputation among outsiders so that he does not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. For deacons in 1 Timothy, picking up at verse 8 and reading, we find these words. Deacons, likewise, should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of faith with a clear conscience, 
and they must also be tested first. And if they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. Deacons must be husbands of one wife, managing their children and households competently. For those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Quite frankly, anyone who does not swallow hard when considering stepping into these big shoes is probably not worthy of stepping into them. I don't know of anyone that we have interviewed or talked to who serves as deacon and elder who go, oh, that, I've got that down pat. No problem. I can handle that. Most of them look at it and go, wow, I'm not sure that's me. And to be honest, when I read it, I often have to say, I'm not sure that's me. But we don't just pick people off the street. We don't just find those who are popular or wealthy or dress nicely or who drive the right cars, who say the right words, or just who are yes men to the pastor. Instead, we diligently search out those whom we believe have these characteristics. And we ask you, the church, to help us in that process to try to identify these who would lead us as servant leaders. For a Christian to be a good leader in the church or in the home, he must be a follower. The leader must be a follower. You see, Christian leaders are, even though we want them to be visionary and bold, we're not asking them to go out and blaze some new trail. Christian leaders are to follow the trail that Jesus gives. If a leader is not following hard after Jesus, then by all means, quit following them. As we prepare this morning to commission Daryl Roth as elder and Mallory Granitz as deacon, it is a solemn time, a time that we're going to ask you to be much in prayer. We want to consider, however, what it means to be a leader who follows. What does it mean to be a leader who follows? First of all, it means direction. To be a leader who follows means direction. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is not about perfection, but it is about direction. In which direction is that person's life going? As we look at their lives, what is the overall direction? Are they following hard after Jesus or are they following hard after their reputation? Or are they following hard after the world? Are they following hard after money? Are they following hard after pleasure? Or are they following hard after Jesus? Those are the men and women we want to serve in leadership in the church. Those who've made a decision that as for me and my household, we're, we're going to follow God. We're going to follow Jesus. That's what we're looking for. We need men and women who lead by following and whose direction, the course of their lives and their ministries are set by Jesus. In other words, we want people who come to serve in these capacities to have an agenda. 
Jesus' agenda. Not their own. Jesus' agenda. So it means direction. It also means commitment. You see, to serve as an elder, to serve as a deacon is not without sacrifice. It requires commitment over the long haul. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That is certainly true for those who would lead in the life of the church. The men we will pray for this morning and set apart, they're volunteering their time. They're giving their time. But don't get the idea that they're just volunteers. They're signing up to serve in the army of God. Now, I've never served in the military, but if you're not drafted, you voluntarily go into the army, right? You voluntarily go into the Marines. You voluntarily, you volunteer. Let me ask you, when you go in the military, are you just a volunteer? Can you pick the time and the date that you want to do things? Do you decide when you want to get up and when you go to bed, what you're going to eat or what your agenda is for that day? No. And I think this is one of the the misconceptions we have about serving and following Jesus. We say, well, I'm just a volunteer. They pay people to do the big things. They pay people to, to preach. They pay people to lead music. They pay people to set up Bible studies. They pay people to go in and, and, and teach our kids. They pay people to do that. I'm not paid. I'm just a volunteer. This is just as true for elders or deacons or any of you sitting here right now. When you came to follow Christ, you are no longer just a volunteer. You're in the army. And you have a commander-in-chief who has a claim on your life. That is true for the rank and file. That is true for the, the, the laity. But it is also true for those we call to be our leaders, to serve as deacons or as elders. It means commitment. It also means integrity. The word integrity means that a person is honest and has high moral standards. The root word of it means undivided. Think about that. Jesus said, for instance, you can't love God and love money. Undivided. Person of integrity, that is reflected in the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, where he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Any more than that is from the evil one. In other words, if you say yes, it should mean yes. If you say no, it should mean no. There is no parsing of words. There is no issue with whether you mean what you say. If you make a commitment, you live up to that commitment. Now, again, none of us is perfect. I'll be the first one to say that there are times when things slip my mind. If I don't put it in my calendar, if I don't set up a reminder, then there are times that do, things do slip. But is, is the pattern of your life someone who has integrity or is the pattern of your life someone you really can't trust to follow through? We need leaders we can trust to follow through. Men who have integrity it means service. Jesus said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Leaders in the church lead by serving. They follow the example that Jesus set. It's about humility. It's not about titles. It's not about authority. It's about humbly serving the real needs of others, even putting their needs above your own convenience. It requires the same heart attitude that John the Baptist had, who said he must increase, but I must decrease. That's an attitude of humility. I want it to be more about Jesus than about me. Again, this is true for all of us, but we should certainly have these expectations for those that we place in leadership. One final commitment here is that it means love. Without love in the heart of a leader, nothing else he does matters. I want you to hear that. Without love in the heart of a leader, nothing else he does matters. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 13, as Paul is talking about love, he goes, you know, if I have all these other things and I've got this, this spiritual knowledge and I can speak in the tongues of men and angels and I, I do all these grand and glorious things, but, but I have not love, it's just, it's all sound and fury signifying nothing. It's just like tinkling bells and cymbals. It doesn't matter. There's nothing to it. When Jesus was asked, what is the most important commandment in the Bible? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We talked about this morning in in our Bible study that for the Christian, it's not about the rules. It's about the heart. You will never change someone by giving them a list of rules. The only way a person is changed is from in here, from the heart. If the heart changes, the life will change. But you see, the life can change and the heart never change. We want people to lead us who have a heart for Jesus, who have a heart for God's people. Those are the people who need to lead because they are the people whose lives will likely reflect the character, the attitude, and the work of Jesus Christ. That's what we need most as our leaders. And I'm convinced that those we bring before you today, whom you have affirmed, I'm convinced that these men have these characteristics. Direction, commitment, Integrity, service, and love. But let me ask you, how does your life compare to that list? Are you a person whose direction in life is following hard after Jesus? Are you a person whose commitment wavers and blows with the wind or Are you firmly committed that this is is my life, this is my mission, this is where I'm going, this is my commitment? Are you just a volunteer 
Are you in the army of God? Are you a person of integrity? Can people trust what you say? Or do you flip with the breeze? Are you a person of service? Who's not interested in the titles, the authority. You just want to serve. Oh, I got to tell you what a blessing those people are in the life of any church. Those are the people who do everything from wiping baby bottoms to picking up trash that's blowing across the parking lot to to seeing something that needs to be done. A person who hasn't been touched, who's standing off in the corner and goes over to to interact with them, may not not know them, may not have anything in common with them, but they're not going to just leave them hanging. They're the people who say yes more often than they say no. Are you a person like that whose life's committed to serve? And are you a person who's driven by love? A deep and abiding love for God and a love for people. To be honest, that's what God calls all of us to, not just our leaders. Some of you, as you heard these, you felt a a twinge of conviction. That happens. That's the Holy Spirit tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, this this is for you. There's there's an area in your life where I just want to turn my big heavenly spotlight and and just kind of shine it right on your life. There may be some sin that you need to confess. Confess. You've been carrying it around for a long, long time. And and when you first started carrying it, it it didn't look so bad. But over time, it started to take on its true nature. And it's a rotting thing. And now when you look at it, It just turns your stomach. You don't want to look at it anymore. So you keep it hidden. And today God may have shined it into your life to say, hey, listen, I got a better plan. Confess it. Turn from it. And be made clean. And I want to let you know this morning, as you've shared in this Lord's Supper and before we we have this time where we commission our elders and deacons this is we're going to give you an opportunity just to come and to pray if you just want to come and just put it down here before god maybe it was so bad this morning you couldn't even eat the bread and take the cup you just had to let it pass by don't go home like that for some of you you need a place to belong you need a church home you're a believer you you love jesus you love god's people but you just haven't connected and you know this is where god's calling you but you just hadn't taken that step And maybe this morning is the day you need to take that step. I want to connect with a church like this. This is where God's calling me. Some of you may need to take a first step. You readily acknowledge that even though you kind of like Jesus, you're not in love with him. You've never had a moment in your life where where you were so overwhelmed by your sin and you were just overcome by it and under such deep conviction that you had no other place to go but to run to the cross. And today you're ready to come and embrace a Savior who wants to embrace you. You need Jesus. 
And if you need him this morning, he's here for you.